Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another Believe in Mavs. I'm Alexander Tosopoulos alongside Raymond Felton. Raymond is bouncing back from an illness. I'm excited that he's feeling better. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> last time we talked, we were discussing you know, what the Mavericks needed to do before the All-Star break. Now we're after the All-Star break. They've had two games. They've split them, so they're one and one. I think we said they needed to go 15 and seven with the remaining 22 games that they had left on the schedule. Right. Um, you know, not great that they already have an L in that column, but it was a crazy week in the NBA this this past week. I think um from a product standpoint, if you're talking about the basketball that's been played post All-Star break and there's always the promise that guys will turn up the intensity because they have um, so much to play for and little time to do it post all-star break. The, the quality of product has been fantastic. Damian Lillard scored 71 points last night. Um, the, the Mavs, you know, we'll, we'll get into the game obviously, but they blew a 27 point lead. The Lakers came back, you know, all the LeBron James lovers and basketball lovers, you know, if you're if you're impartial, that's an incredible game and an incredible comeback. Right. Um, I watched Jason Tatum hit a game winning shot against the 76ers, and then Joel Embiid hit a three quarters court chuck right after the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of I, there was another game that, that came down. To, oh, Drew Holiday had a game winning steal on Devin yep. Booker. Yeah. So um, let me see uh, another one too. What was it? Uh, the Clippers last night. That was a big time game. Yeah, Jokic had a triple-double and a gritty win against the Clips. Well, and then not to mention a few days ago, was it the Clippers and Sacramento had both had like 170-some points? Right. Second yeah. highest point total in NBA history, double OT, De'Aaron Fox. Ice is one with about 15 seconds left, and then the Clippers uh, missed a couple of threes to, to not win the game. Mm-hmm. I know that. Kings fans were super excited about that one. They lit the beam as they always do when they win. Um, But let's talk about the Mavericks. We won on Thursday, took care of business against San Antonio. Not don't need to dwell on this one too much. We know who San Antonio is. We know they're in the race for, for Victor Wembanyama. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, it was nice to see our guys get a win by that much, um, you know, by, by a massive points margin. We scored 140 points in that game. We haven't won a lot of games by that much the entire season. So it was good to see that. Yeah. That's my that's my like real takeaway there. And obviously when Luca and Kyrie can both play well together, we are tough to stop on offense. Did you have any anything else from that one that you saw? Not really. I mean, it's just a situation where, you know, you, you can't really mess around with San Antonio because, you know, they have beat teams this year. You go in yeah. and take take them lightly. You know, they are a scrappy team, you know, obviously they well coached. You know, but at the same time, you know, there's a team that if you go in there and just mess around, they will, they will mess around and beat you, you know, so you can't take them lightly. So just to see them go in and just take care of business and win the game that they're supposed to win, you know, that's, that's always a plus. Yeah. I like, I like Keldon Johnson a lot. I think he's a guy that can, he can vie for some all-star spots, you know, in the next three to five years. Um, But okay. Let's talk about this Laker game. So we, we, we were absolutely incendiary from the three point line in the first quarter. We, I think it like midway through the second, 
the three point field goals made margin. We had hit 12. They had hit one. So the Lakers weren't hitting shots. We got out to an early lead. Luca hit his first three threes. He had a great first quarter. He's the number one first quarter scorer in the NBA. We were rolling. We were absolutely rolling. We're up 27 points. Mm -hmm. And then we're going into the third quarter and we kind of fumbled the bag a little bit midway through the second. And we ended up at halftime only up 14. So I think my, my first question to you is what, what do we do from here? Cause like, it's, it's easy to like point blame at a lot of different things that happened in that game. I guess, I guess like what, what I saw on, you know, the, the fan chat side of things, people were not, they were not happy with Jason Kidd in this game and, and specifically about his allocation of minutes for some of our players. Josh Green played 16 minutes. Christian Wood played 20. Tim Hardaway played 21 minutes. Um, Tim had 17. Christian had 13. Josh Green had nine points. So those guys were scoring for us. Mm-hmm. To you, are those guys that should be on the court in the in the last eight minutes of the game for the Mavericks? I can't say every night. Yeah. But you know, their production, that particular game, then yeah. You know, yeah. But I mean, Jay Kidd is a great coach. He's a great basketball mind. Yeah. I can't, I don't know. I can't I can't go against, you know, his 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 thought process, should I say. Um, but at the same time, we human. So, right. you know, we, we we make mistakes and you know, sometimes, you know, we make substitutions that, you know, sometimes kinda kinda hurts and kinda mm-hmm. changes over the momentum. And maybe that's just what happened. You know, he made the substitution and the momentum got changed, then once the momentum changed, I don't care who who you put in the game, you know. Right. The momentum changes, you know, that that is just part of the game. This team is gonna make a run no matter who's on the court. And you just gotta try to uphold it. You know, you gotta take that hit and keep keep pushing and still try to find a way to win. You know what I'm saying? So you're gonna deal with adversity, you're gonna deal with, you know, coach's decision. I've been in a game where I've been hot. Like I'm talking about scorching hot and the coach still take you out of the game. You know, right. it's just it's just how they system is, is how they sub, is how they thinking about your minutes. There's so many things that they that they put into perspective that a lot of people don't understand that, you know, as a coach, you trying to save these guys' legs for that last, like you said, seven to eight minutes of the game in that fourth quarter. And sometimes you may not understand why they made that substitution in that situation. But um I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I can't just put it on his substitution throughout that whole game. I mean, their defense wasn't wasn't the same as it was at the start of the game. Right. Um, they stopped miss. They stopped making shots. The shots wasn't the shot wasn't falling as 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 good as it was. Um, and that's just that's what happens. Sometimes you know we 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 be so quick to blame the coach. Right. And it's like. You know, okay, he made that one simple mistake that you can say, okay, maybe he should have he should have played those guys more, or maybe he should have made a substitution at this time. But what about the rest of the game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that? like you know, you like, know what I'm men- like many things can be true, right? right. Like not yeah, not you know. just one 
thing leads right. to a loss, not just one thing leads to a victory. Obviously, when you lose a game, like well, that's you know, that's when the that's when the finger pointing happens. No question. I mean, when you lose a twenty-seven point point deficit like that, you know, God, how you know being a coach now is like, how can you blame me when I'm not the one running up and down the court? You know, which is valid. Coach, it's valid. If, if I'm the coach and I'm trying my best to make adjustments and change this, change that. At some point, somebody on this court got to make an effort to to do to, to change the game themselves. Yeah, you know who's going to be that person to to change the game themselves. And sometimes it can't be Kyrie and um and um Luca. It can't be those two guys who you know go out here and try to give you thirty points in a quarter or whatever something spectacular like that. It's not going to happen. That's not going to be the game. Somebody got to go out there and get stops. Somebody got to go out there and go get more rebounds. I mean, you think about what. Vanderbilt did that game. He kind of changed the game in the sense of just his absolutely grabbing rebounds. He had about what eighteen rebounds. Yeah, you I think he, I think he was seventeen and fifteen. So like, yeah, and he I'm had saying. like four steals or something like that. Right, he was efficient. He was on Luca. He was one one on one defending on Luca. Luca shot two for seven. So that's he did I'm his saying. job that's and then some. Saying. Yeah, so, you know, and that's a guy that who changed the game. When that's a guy that's like that's not LeBron. That's not AD. Right. It's not your main focal guys that you look to score to get bucket, even though AD play well, even LeBron play well after his injury. You know, those guys still did their job, but that particular person, Vanderbilt, changed the game. So who's going to be that guy on the maps? You know, yeah. Who, who's going to be that guy? And I think Josh Green does a great job at that sometimes, where, you know, his energy and his, the, the, how hard he plays, it does change the game. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, some, sometimes you can't look at, well, why he ain't played them that much? Maybe he wasn't given the energy that he that Josh that usually gives. Yeah. Know? So you I, know, I mean, it's so I many you, ways. I you think can he look was. I mean, I know. Look, the no, way he was that I see it, no, he was playing hard. No, he always plays hard. Yeah, that's, that's the thing about him. Yeah, yeah, that's who he is. You know, what I'm saying that's like Dwight Powell. He's gonna he's gonna run through the floor for you. That's just, right. That's who he is. Um, unfortunately, I think we're at the place where, and we talked about Reggie last episode. I love Reggie. Mm -hmm. He's hit a lot of clutch shots for us this past year when Jason Kidd, our our head coach last year, took us to the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. So let's remember that. <laughs> but I do think that Reggie at this point, in my mind, I there's not many facets of the game that I think he is better than Josh Green at, mm -hmm. at, at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think... Josh Green, what he does with playing with pace, pushing the tempo, offensive rebounding, where he gets in there and he is, he's got a younger body. You know, mm -hmm. he hasn't had very many injuries he's had to deal with. So mm -hmm. he can be a little bit more reckless when he's, you know, staying in the paint and trying to tip balls out. Um, there was one possession, I think it was either the late, late first quarter, second quarter, where he drove like, tried to put up a layup, but then midair, like twisted his body, contorted it, kicked it out for a wing three shot, missed it. He went up and grabbed the offensive rebound, kicked it back out. And it was just like, that's Josh Green, like in a nutshell, that, that athleticism. Um, and he was shooting pretty well. I think he had two spot up threes in that game. So I guess he had three actually he had nine points. Um, I just, he feels like a guy that has to be in our closing five to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I agree. I yeah. agree. I mean, because you got to think about it. You know, who who else you going to put out there outside of Reggie 
That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's gonna have to swap with Reggie. Yeah, like I Justin Holiday was out there. He played 30 plus minutes. I scratch my head a little bit at a guy who who just jumped on the team having to play 30 plus minutes, but at his size, and we still didn't have Maxi in this game. Like we needed some of that size and length out there. So Mm -hmm. so I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, Reg is pretty much the same height as Josh Green, maybe a little taller. Um, so that's my only like kind of criticism. I mean, I'm I'm I am baffled candidly, candidly about just the relationship between Wood and uh, and Kid, just from a minute standpoint, because I felt like he was quite productive offensively. Like Tim's a guy where he's a flamethrower, right? Like he was going this game, so it would have been nice to have him out there, and he could play defense too. But um, if you've got Kyrie out there, if you've got Luke out there, got Reggie out there, I mean Tim's Tim's about six five. Like I understand when they have Davis and Vanderbilt and LeBron. Um, it's, it's tough. And this is a team that when we don't have maxi, we do not match up well with them. Like it's, which hopefully we wouldn't have to see them in the playoffs. They've still got to win a lot of games. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people were throwing around the J kid quote post game. That was, he said, this is just a, a small bite of it, but he said, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys as a team, we've got to mature. We've got to grow up. And I think Lucas said, yeah, that's probably true. That was his response to J kids quote. Um, I don't mind any of that. And what you said, like you said, as a coach, you are watching, right? Like that. And and you, you're only, you only know what's going on the court as much as you can see. I think I I'm interested to know, like when you coach, do you empower some of your players to not only lead on the court, communicate with each other, but also talk to you so that you have a feel of like, what's going on through their eyes. You know, when I try to let my, when I try to, I try to let my point guard be that, be yeah. that guy, you know what I'm saying? I try to let him be that guy, that person that kind of takes over or whoever. It don't even have to be the point guard. I would like for it to be my point guard, but at the same time, if it's not somebody to kind of like take over sometimes where I don't have to say, I don't have to say nothing. Yeah, y'all not out there getting it done. Y'all not playing the way y'all know the way we play basketball. Like just playing hard, playing with that grit. You know, this is me as a coach. I'm not talking about the Mavs here. Like you know, like I need somebody else to step up and and not necessarily yell. You know, because we all know that you know most peers of the same age don't like each other yelling at each other. Right. But it's a mutual respect of how you're talking. Like it's like a motivational thing. You know, sometimes it don't have to always come from the coach. It can come from somebody that you, you know, you you working with every day. You know, y'all in practice together, y'all in the weight room together, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all together, y'all together enough. Y'all go to dinner together. You know, yeah. y'all might, y'all might, you know, go to each other's house and hang out with with that with y'all families. Like whatever it is, y'all should have that type of relationship to to have that guy that y'all look up to, that guy that y'all respect to like get on y'all. Like, yeah. Luca and Kyrie should be able to come in the locker room and say, look, man, hey, we was up 25 points. We should have took that to 35. Now, now we only up 14 points. And what yeah. the hell are we doing? Like, let's get this shit together. Let's get this thing back on back on track in this third quarter. Like, we need to come out this first five minutes. We need to punch them back in their face again. Like, we need to get this thing going. Like, that type of stuff. Instead of everybody coming in mad or, you know, trying to blame somebody. Like, nah, let's just let's figure it out together. Yeah, you know I think... Yeah, I think like, yeah, the one, the one like issue I have 
with the kid quote, and it's, I feel like in relation to what you're talking about, about how you communicate with your point guard and like how you want them to lead is it would have been nice for him to just like the accountability aspect of it. Like, just Mm -hmm. say like, you know, there's things I could have done as well. Just like Luca saying like, it was my bad. I didn't realize I could go back court because he had that little exchange with yeah. Kyrie where Kyrie was like, you can go back court. Go back court yeah. And Luca yeah. just in the moment, like, didn't know. I can't he remember. Forgot. He forgot. Yeah. yeah, I think I forget like the Euro rules. Are they different in that regard about going back They're court? different in so many ways. I don't right. know. There might, there might be a thing where they can't go back court in that situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily I remember. But I think what you're talking about with like, I, like I imagine you want the point to do it because you were a point guard, right? right? Like, well, I mean, I was just always that guy that I spoke up, right? You know, well, I traditionally did. it's been the point guard. I feel like that's how I was. Well, I was taught yeah, growing up, yeah. and like I was a I was a PG as well, and I was like, right. well, I, mean, I want to. You know, you like the quarterback on the like like a quarterback on the field, like, right? You know what I'm saying like you the guy who who's running the plays, telling guys where they need to be, the guys out of place. So you know. You doing most of the talking when you're in practice, when you're running yeah. plays, when you're doing stuff anyway. So everybody's hearing your voice. So then that's when you go in a situation where you go in the locker room in that situation, and you gotta Luca gotta just like rip ass, like fuck yeah. it, like yeah, you know why I gotta be the coach? Like go in there rip ass, Kyrie go in there rip somebody ass, like you know it don't even gotta be, excuse me, it don't even gotta be a particular person. It's us as a team, like. I'm included guys. Like, yeah, we need to, well, that's what I mean. The accountability factor. It's like, it's a lot easier for you to tell your other guys to, to do certain things when you're saying I didn't do that. That's my bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. When they recognize, at least, you know, when I played with guys in past, like no one ever wanted to hear like, Hey, you didn't do that. Right. You didn't do that. Right. And like, we could be winning if you had done that. It's more like if, even if it's just a trick where you're saying like, Hey, that was my bad on this play or that play or whatever. Well, even if it's to, even if it's taking to, a bullet here and there, like it he, he has to. Yeah. I mean, with what comes with being that type of person, being a being an all-star, being a franchise player, being a high-level player that he is, what comes with that is accountability. Like you said, right. like that's what comes with that. So sometimes you have to take it on the chin, even if it ain't your fault. Right. Sometimes you got to take it. Like that's that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody want to point the finger at Jay Kidd because nobody wants to point the finger at Luca. And I'm not saying it's Luca's fault because it's not. But at the same time, okay, it's my this this is me. That's our fault today. You know, if he came in the press conference and said, like, look, this ain't Coach Jay Kidd's fault. This ain't the team fault. This is my fault. I'm gonna take this on the chin. This is me. I gotta I gotta make us better. I gotta be better. We are gonna be better next game. It could be just that simple, and that yeah. would shut it. That would shut everything up. Yeah. The only thing they would be saying is like, they're not like something else is happening. They won't tell us, but it's like, okay, it's all speculation. You don't really know. Yeah, It's always going to be something else. Somebody, somebody's going to say it's something else. But at the same time, by him saying that his teammates are going to read that, you know, Jay Kidd is going to read that their relationship is going to be stronger. He's going to like, you know, cause it like nobody wants to feel like it's always their fault. Even a coach. You know, nobody wants to take that heat every game. Yeah. Even though, you know, as a head coach, it comes that comes with that responsibility. But also as a franchise player, you know, that comes with that responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to take that on the chin. And I played on guys on teams with Carmelo Anthony, um, Dirk Nowitzki, played with Dirk. I played on a team with Russ and OKC, along with PG. 
You know what I'm saying? I play with guys you're like, you know, got to take that on the chin. Yeah. You know, I played it with the Clippers, with CP, Blake Griffin, all those guys, all of us together. Like, when things go, when things get 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 heated, you know, when things go wrong, you know, who going to take it on the chin? Yeah. Somebody, somebody got to take it, you know, and that's just what it is. And, they, and it may not be your fault. You might, you know, you might come out and have 35 points, you know, have a great game. Right. You lost. So right. still got to take that on the chin. You like, man, I did my job, but you can't handle it like that. Now, if yeah. you're a true, now, if you're a true leader, if you're a true leader, you can't look at it like that. Any of those guys, like, like Russ just got, he got bought out. Right. And then he ends up on the Clippers. And a lot of people are saying, uh, it's not a good fit. Like why'd the Clippers make this move? And then, you know, they lose that game against the Kings, but he was instrumental in, both games. you know, going, going, yeah, both games, both games. His, his motor is second to none. I'm mean, talking about Josh Green, like Josh Green's got a great motor and that's kind of right. what makes him different. Um, Russ obviously has one of the best motors we've ever seen. The guy gets up and down the court. He's so fast, just right. straight line speed. Um, and he's always going, he's always attacking. He's always keeping defenses on their heels. I actually think like that's really, really valuable for this Clippers team. And they're they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. And what kills me about what people are saying about Russ is if we if we go back four years ago, y'all, y'all was loving him. Like, oh my God, he's such a great point guard. He's just oh, look at the triple doubles and and it's like now just because he, you know, what happens is when you get traded to a different team from a team where you get to do whatever you want. You know, you had all the freedom in the world. You grew up there, not grew up there, but you 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 grown there as a player, as a pro, you know, saying from a from being a rookie. And you know, you just comfortable. You in your comfort zone. You know, like OKC was his comfort zone. Yeah. So, you know, now he going somewhere else where he gotta play with somebody else. This is somebody else's team. So now it's like, you know, now you got egos that come in the situation because it's like, oh my goodness, you know. I am. This is my team. I'm the franchise right. player, but Russell Westbrook might be bigger than me. You know. Yeah. So not only not only egos, but like, how about routine too? Right? Because yeah. like you say, he's in OKC. Like they are telling him, "You are the guy." They want him. And when we're talking about these moments, in mm-hmm. you know, at halftime or at the end of the game, when things don't go your way, like he already knows that's his responsibility to mm-hmm. talk to his guys in that type of way. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up in Washington, and like. Bradley Beal's a pretty good player, man. Like, you know, he's, he's might be one of the best Washington wizards of all time. Like Mm -hmm. he will be. Um, So I can imagine how things, how much Russ had to adapt and change in those moments while still being himself, while still being one of those guys. Yeah. Who he is, is what we talking about. He's a vocal, I'm going to get in your ass type of guy. Like, but everybody took that though. Everybody understood who he was and what he brought on the court. Like I've seen him rip Stephen Adams, like just rip him. Yeah. But it, Stephen Adams didn't take it personal, like because he knew who Russ was. He knew right. that wasn't. He doesn't seem like a guy who takes anything personal. No, but... he don't. He, yeah. He doesn't. he doesn't. But at the same time, like you know, everybody knows Stephen Adams. Like ain't nobody to play with. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, but at the same time, like who gives a fuck? Like, like I'm, like I'm, I'm getting in your ass, Steve, bro. Like you know, you yeah. need to play harder. You need to, you need to whatever. You know what I'm saying? But Steven didn't take that personal. And I feel like maybe who he is, and he tried to go to do that. He tried to do that in Houston. Or if he tried to do that with the Wizards, or if he tried to do that with the Lakers, now all of a sudden, oh, Russ is a problem. 
Russ is this, Russ is that. And it's like, come on, man, that's bull. That's bullshit. Like, I'm going to just be straight up. That's bullshit. Yeah. And I think he got a – and I think them people over there in the, in the Lakers, they, they they fucked up for that, you know, and I don't give a damn if it get back to them. Like, yeah, I, I do think, like, for that. it's all yeah. – some of it's, what? like, time and place, like, read the room a little bit, I can imagine. Like, that Lakers team, now it looks completely different. Like, what Palinka did to this team at the trade deadline, they have 10 – legit guys who can be out on the court in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to list them all out, but you go look at their roster and yeah. and you know what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. when Russ was there and it was just Russ, AD, LeBron. Yeah. They had Lonnie who's still there. They had Austin Reeves who's still there, who both played in that Mavs game yesterday. Um, but both of those guys I consider in their top 10 players, mm-hmm. rotation yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that was pretty much it. They didn't have much else there. And so sometimes like if your team is, you know, if your team's 10, 20 and there's that guy in the locker room, like at a certain point, like the results also speak to, and, and you can feel a little helpless. I imagine like if you're another guy in that locker room who's like, Russ, like I get it, man, but like, we're, we're trying and like, it's just not happening. But yeah, that's this, true, but this Clippers what? team is a team that he immediately, I think his voice comes into, they've got Kawhi who we know is more of the like silent superstar PG who, you know, I, you, you said you've played with PG Russ and PG have also played together. That was PG's best season as an individual. When he played with Russ, he was Mm -hmm. top five in MVP at OKC Um, coming back from an injury. I mean, uh, unbelievable, but I I think it's a really good fit. And obviously he's still in LA, which is, you know, right, right down the street from where he grew up. So Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. Um, Yeah. I listen. I do too. And just knowing, just knowing the guy personally, he just, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's been bad to see, been bad to, to, to look at here, just people talking about him, the way they talking about him, just like, he's such this, just negative person in the locker room, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's not even, it's not even close. Right. Like, it's not even close to the type of person he is. Like, it's not even close. Like, you look at him, he played with attitude, he played with emotions, but who he is out the court is something totally different. Like who he was when he first got introduced to the Clippers and he walked on that court, you see how he was smiling and you know being goofy and being him. Yeah. That's Russ. Yeah, like that's who Russ is. You didn't see that when he was with the Lakers because he was probably never happy. He probably never felt like nobody had his back. And the, the looking at it from afar and just just knowing like no, nobody did. And it's and it's it's mind boggling because like I would go to war with a guy like that. Not granted, you know, you know, everybody know Russ in certain situations, you know, he make he makes some he makes some crazy turnovers or you know, sure. he might take a come down, take a crazy shot. But I mean, stuff like that you gotta live with and you just gotta be able to pull him to the side and talk to him, you know, saying as teammates and have that mutual respect of, hey man, hey, game online, like just, you know. We ain't telling you not to take a shot. We're just telling you to be mindful of when you take it or how you take it. Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Be you. Right. Because who he is, that motor is just is something totally different that you've never seen before. So you can't yeah. take who he is away from you. Ultimately, you know, like. do a lot of great stuff. So in a, in a Ultimately, in a playoff matchup, whoever they're playing, that is absolutely something to deal with. Man. The, <laughs> like. You're not you're not scheming your whole defense against it, but guess what? If if he's running that second unit for the Clippers, mm-hmm. and whoever they're playing is playing their second unit, like they have absolutely talked before the games about what they need to do to limit Russell, to limit 
fast break points and easy opportunities for the Clippers because because he can do that. Um, okay, I, uh, going back to the Lakers, Mavs, real quick. Just we're talking about intensity. You're talking about we talked about Josh Green a lot. There's a little mm-hmm. tiff that Josh Green got into with Austin Reeves. Did you see that yeah. on the sideline? Yeah. I mean, like Josh Green's from Australia. We're talking about Stephen Adams, right? He's a new he's a New Zealander. He's New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand yeah. yeah. I would never want to fight those guys. I don't know that I there's just something different about those guys that like, I feel like if Austin Reeves, cause the Mavs and the Lakers play one more time. I don't think Austin Reeves like post game was like saying anything that bad. I mean, they just got into it. They're John, whatever, but um, I'm picking Josh green in that fight. I mean, <laughs> Jake Paul and uh, Tommy Fury fought yesterday. I don't know if you saw that that happened, but yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Paul lost and he was eating some humble pie, which I thought was a complete 180 from what he normally is when he's talking to the media. But um <laughs> yeah, my, my money's on Josh Green in that in that <laughs> if they if they if they scuffle again. That's funny. Yeah. Um anything else? Any other any other takeaways? I we actually like we have the easiest schedule remaining, but we have a little we have a tough stretch here. So I think I think we play the Grizzlies a couple times. Um Talk about the Clippers. I forget that the Grizzlies got Luke Kennard. Like that was a nice pickup for them. Mm-hmm. Had a really good shooter. Um, let me see who else we've got on the schedule. But I think, you know, the Mavs, the Mavs have to, they got to really figure out who they are in the in these last 20 games. Um they really do. The 76ers, they got the Suns. Just oh, talking about the next 10 and then the Lakers again on the 17th. I'm gonna try and go to that game. It's in LA. So uh yeah, I mean. And any closing thoughts for for all the fans out there? Nah, man, just hey, listen, stick with the process, man. Stick with the process. I think you know, as a coach, when you when you add a another caliber superstar like that to your team, you know, you you still need time to kind of figure out what's best and how to play these guys, who to play them with. Yeah, you know, you know when. When one is not on the court, you kind of need the other, like how to figure out how to get them their rest. But at the same time, you really can't have both of them sit down. Like just looking at this team, like you can't have both Luca and Kyrie on the bench at the same time. It's just, yeah. Unless you're just blowing the team out, you know, that's really it. But other than that, like one got one got to sit down, one got to stay in and, and then vice versa, come back, bring, take that one out, put him in. Like you just got to, that's how you got to rock for the rest of the season. Me, that's how I would do it. Like, yeah. Just trying to figure that out. And I think everybody else, we can figure that out, how to get them more minutes, depending on their production. You know, Josh Green is playing great. Put them out there. You know, you can't. it ain't going to be no different than what you're getting right now. So, you know, if you need to play him more and play Reggie less, then do that. If you need to play Christian Wood more and whatever, then play him more. It ain't going to It ain't gonna hurt nothing. You know, hopefully it'll no. make things better. Yeah, the, the, just the last thing on that, like when I think about, and obviously we're, we're missing Maxi so much in this game. He's our, he's our best big man defender, mm-hmm. no question. Switchability, mobility, weak side rim protection, like mm-hmm. he just is. Mm-hmm. And he's coming back from an injury, so we gotta, you know, he's got to work, work himself back into shape, obviously. But when I think about Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green, Christian Wood, and you know if, if it's Maxi when he's healthy, if it's Justin Holiday, whoever in that fifth spot, Tim, if you want to kind of go small with with 
see what out there. Mm-hmm. Offensively, Luca, Kai, and Christian Wood all on the floor together. That presents so many problems for a defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christian Wood, again, he only played 20 minutes last night, but there were there were moments where he was attacking Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis, who is a defensive player of the year caliber type player mm-hmm. on that side of the court, was having trouble with him. Like and he's shooting the ball so well off the catch. Yeah, I just, uh, I like Christian. I'm just saying, like all three. It's not even like, hey, we have to do it. It's more so just a, a recognizing that it's really, really tough to deal with from a defensive st- standpoint when all three of those guys are on the court. And then you add Josh Green, who's just a, I mean, shooting forty percent plus from on on catch and shoot threes and just from the three point line in general. Like right. that's tough to deal with. Hey, listen. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. So, yeah, we, there was also a, there was a major complaint that the officiating was swung as it always is in the Lakers favor, just from looking at the free throw line fans like to do that after the game, they look at the box score. We shoot a ton of threes. And the one thing that is a disadvantage to us is when we're hitting, we're not necessarily going to the paint as much. We're not necessarily putting pressure on the defense around the cup. Mm-hmm. Lucas shoots a lot of free throws always. But I think we just, you know, I'm sure that the team will get the reminder like, hey, the shot start, it stops falling, get to the paint, get to the bucket and mm-hmm. get to the free throw line. Because, um, you know, we, we the more opportunities you give yourself there, clock stops, guys get a break and, you know, more, more uh, chances to put points up and easily put points on the board. Okay. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll, and then we'll jet out of here. Our next game is against the Pacers. This is a huge game for Jay Kidd. <laughs> Just if we don't win this game, God, the the fans are gonna go crazy with it. Well, they play Rick. they play them here though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's at home. But just the fact that Rick's their coach is just you know, people are gonna if they beat us on our home court, and we should beat them because we're a better team than them. Yeah, they got it, but they got a solid team though. They do, they do. I a yeah. solid team. They 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 still playing for something. Right. It's not it's not like it's one of those teams on the East Coast where they ain't got no chance to to play in a no a game or play in. They they actually are there. So, you know, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be bringing it and they're healthy I mean, now. They're yeah. Healthy now too. They wasn't healthy going into the playoffs a little. I mean, going into the um the, the all-star break. break. Yeah. You know, Halliburton came back towards the end a little bit, but um they've been kind of They'd be kind of banged up, but they kind of healthy now, so it'd be interesting. Miles Turner coming home, you know, he's always going to show up when he when he's when he's coming home to Dallas. Ben Matherin at the beginning of the game, yeah. Ben Matherin at the beginning of the season said he's better than LeBron, so you know that guy's trying to prove something every single night. Yeah, he plays with attitude. I like it. Me too. Me too. All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll check in next week, but you know, Mavs, let's go. Let let's start a winning streak here. Raymond and I are rooting for you always. All right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.